Welcome to Cutthroat American High School Politics. I'm Esteban Clark Prendel. Joining me, as he always will, is Micah Oric. Um, and we're both running for the same seat on our student government. Micah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your campaign? So I think the thing with the representative is I think we definitely agree on everything or mostly everything when it comes to like how we should do our job, be able to like represent and make the students' voices count. Yeah. And get what's best for our students. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of with, with smaller elections like ours and ours is really small. It's a really, really local election because it's localized to one building. Um, yeah. W- one grade. Yeah. We can't really play around with actual policies or anything like that. So most of our, our, our beliefs and our campaign ambitions line up, which is something that you really can't say about actual politics. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that will like be like, what's it called? Like the, can't think of the word for it. But the thing that will set us apart will be like, who does a better job campaigning and who does like a better job getting votes in. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of segues into what this episode really is supposed to be about, which is uh, campaigning on such a small level during a pandemic where in a normal school election like we had last year, you'd be able to put posters up, you'd be able to talk with voters. Um, but yeah, with teachers, you can't really do that here. You can't do that um, in the sense of being there on a personal level. You're kind of you're distanced by a screen. Um and and so something something like that is a real challenge for smaller elections that don't really get much media and especially elections like ours which get absolutely no media at all. We got to we got to create the media ourselves. But then the the museum high school page is promoted both of our campaigns already too, so I think a lot of the students are aware of it now. We've also yeah. sent out emails to both of us as well to help. Yeah, but even that is reaching only a small amount of students, right? Because, you know, Joanna, Chris, they don't have Instagram. They don't have social media. They, a lot of students I know don't look at the emails that they get. Um, So there's always, when you're doing a campaign entirely online, you're going to have missed votes. You're going to have people that are, completely unaware that you're running because they just don't have access to your campaign as much as they would in person. Mm -hmm. I think so right now the school, all they've really done so far is just the Instagram post. But I think once it gets closer to election time, the school will like make it aware to all the students that there is an election going on and who the representatives are or candidates. Yeah. Do, Do you know when election day is? happening so i was talking with emory i think and i think he said it was uh i think in a couple weeks but we have some time to campaign still figure things out probably promote all that fun stuff and um campaigning and promoting is really how we're going to get the word out now um our campaigns are different in a lot of things i'm kind of swimming in a huge sea by myself 
I don't really have a guide. I don't have anybody helping me around. Um, so I'm, I've made a lot of wrong turns and everything like that. You have a team, right? You have a couple people with you, right? I'm working with Gavin, Will, Keller, and Nate. Uh, what's that like? Because you have you have an actual team. So do they do the graphics for you? Do they help you? So I think that I've still done most of the work. But they have helped me come up with ideas. We've had a couple meetings together and we've talked about what what's the best strategy to come at this. But like all the ads, the, the email that I sent out. Oh, Gavin actually helped me with the email. But the, all the advertisements that I've sent out so far, everything has been me. They've just kind of been like, giving me a brainstorming process to help me like get through this to figure out what I'm going to do, what my next steps are. Okay. Yeah. And that, that email that you sent out, which, um, that was a really smart idea. Was that your idea or was that Gavin's? That was your idea. Cause I saw that you sent one out. Right. And I'm like, you know what? This is smart. I should also do this to let all the students know that I can get that check their email. Uh, so I did take that idea from you. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. I'm flattered. Um, but that's kind of like that. I mean, an email is kind of showing that that's like, that's the biggest demographic that you can get in a regular election. And believe me, I know, cause I get these emails. Nobody looks at the emails that politicians send out in their mailing lists. Nobody does that. But with our emails, that's kind of the main way we can get to people who don't have access to our campaigns on on social media. Um, yeah. And so doing something like that where you lay out your goals and your policies, even though you really can't have much in an election like this, um, it's a really smart strategy. And it's a strategy that you didn't steal from me. You stole from, I don't even know, since politicians when the internet was created because they saw that that potential that tap potential right there i get text messages too from i think conservatives like conservative like bots saying hey vote republican like i'm not even i'm not even conservative i don't even have the right (laughs) name either so i get i get libertarian i actually um i get sent a lot of politics stuff because um right now uh, it's obviously election season, which kind of makes our election look really, really, really small. Um, but we're getting a lot of national and local campaign mail. We're getting emails to our house, stuff like that. And uh, all of it is exactly the same. Like it's cookie cutter stuff. It's just donate this, give money that. Um, what we do doesn't beg people. I guess that's kind of what's setting us apart is we don't really beg people. We just tell people what we're, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's, that's what everybody does during an election. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, speaking of the current election, I know you wanted to talk about the debate. Um, yes, sir. What, did, what did you have to say about that, Micah? The debate was really interesting. As a lot of people said, this was the most, I think they said unprofessional. Which from watching it, you watched the debate, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, Well, I listened to it. You listened to it, yeah. Well, But the debate was like, they were all over the place. Like, 
if our school, like if me and you, I feel like me and you could have more of a professional debate than that, to be honest, except that all of our viewpoints are the same. In in kind of defense of politics in general, the debate isn't really a debate anymore. It's more just like an in-depth, long interview with each candidate. Um, and since politics on a national level has become such a media frenzy, you like I can't blame people for getting a little out of control, right? Because that gets people talking about the campaign. That gets people talking about these two candidates. Frankly, I wouldn't even be surprised, and this is probably a conspiracy theory, I wouldn't be surprised if part of it was like before they went on stage, their campaign manager says, Try to try to get him on this. Try to get him on that. Right. Try to get him to act out because that would get people talking. And that's something that we don't have the luxury of doing. I don't have the luxury of pissing you off in front of people. Um, so I can't get people talking about me that way. I think that the, that debate, they would say something that would irritate each other. I think if we attack each other, I know if you attack me mid debate, I'd probably see it as a joke. I wouldn't take it seriously. But I think you might do the same. I mean, I, I, get, I guess. Like, well, so that's just that's just my standpoint. I don't know yours on that. But if we were in mid-debate, and then you said something about one of my policies and said I was stupid, I probably wouldn't take it very seriously. I, you know, I guess. that I don't really think that's a great way to go about it. Um, I think that definitely we would poke fun at each other and it would be friendly. It'd be friendly competition. But, you know, if we did disagree on something, I'm not going to make a joke about it. I'm going to point out um, that we disagree on it and I'm going to point out what I believe and what you believe. And um, so I, I, you're partially right in that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think, I think I was mixed up there because I think, I thought, like, it would be coming at me as a joke, so I'd respond to it as a joke. But if there was an actual, like, disagreement, I don't think I'd be upset about it at all. Because, you know, it's it's what's going to happen with debates. So Yeah, and that, that's an, another thing that we can't really... We can't have enemies in our, our, in our uh, policies or races because we all go to the same school. We see each other... Um, well, we would see each other every day. So something that like Donald Trump and Joe Biden have, which is definitely probably actual hate for each other, is not going to happen in a high school election because it's just such closed quarters things and it's such low stakes in general. I think that there could be like drama division, but I don't think there'd be one in this one particularly because we've already talked about this before. We don't want this division or to mess anything up. So, Oh yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason why we're doing this, right? Cause yeah. we're technically speaking, we're opponents, we're competitors and um, us doing this, this project right now, I don't know how long it'll last or anything, but us doing this project kind of shows that we don't hate each other. Uh, this race hasn't really affected the way we feel about each other. Um, and it it won't get in the way whichever one of us wins. Mm -hmm. I think we'll both do a great job no matter what. Because I think we both take this seriously. We've talked about that. And 
Oh, we take it very seriously. I think we're doing, I think we both do a good job collaborating with the other council members on what's best for the students. Yeah. And that's a, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to talk about because in student government, it's not like actual government, right? If you get elected, you have a little more power than students, but you're representing the beliefs of the students. But since your student government, technically, since your leaders are your classmates, any student can go up to the mayor or the representatives and say, hey, what if we could do this? Do you want to work with me on that? Right. Student government is a, a formality, but any student like we have that wants to take action and do something just can go out and and do it. Um, and so an election like this kind of I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but. If I wanted to, say, create a community reach out project or outreach project, um, I would still do it even if I wasn't elected. And that's what I plan to do if I lose. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been at the school for like, I think it's only a couple of years, also not as long as you yet. But I've noticed that our school definitely has some things that need to be worked out. And I wish I would have realized that sooner because I definitely could have made a difference as oh, a student. Absolutely. Um, there's there's a lot of issues with our school. There's a lot of great things about our school, too, and I don't want to underlie that fact. Our school is amazing at certain things. I mean, we were awarded $10 million for innovation, but when it, when it comes to actual workability, there's clear issues with our school that things like, um, well, the issues that we have couldn't really be uh, fixed because they didn't have student input. And so for years before you got here, uh, even in the middle school, we were begging for a student government and we kind of got that, but we really didn't until last year. And um, obviously last year was cut short. So we really haven't experienced what a student government can do for our school. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that the student government can bring change for everyone. I think that whoever gets this will definitely like main goal is to make the school a more comfortable place for the students, but not only the students, but also the faculty. Cause I know that the faculty can also get stressed out with everything going on. So, so it's definitely our job just to like make the student's voice heard and bring change. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that's that's something I don't know uh, if this this is probably a quote or very close to a quote, but the only person that can make change for the experiences of the community is a member of the community. Right. Uh, somebody who has and this is kind of, you know, the, ooh, this is very political here, but like people who have either been in politics for years or people who have grown up um in a minority like and not in like an actual minority but in like the one percent where they're born into millions and millions of dollars can't represent working class americans they can't represent farmers because they haven't experienced that so teachers and administrators and principals trying to make decisions for the students can't properly make decisions for the students without the input of the students and that's what we're trying to uh see right now 
I think that the student government too can go bigger than just our school. I think we can also help the community around us, like Heartside and all those places too, which I think would be a good idea if we got the student government got involved with everybody else because our school's main purpose is to like collaborate with the community. So if our student government was able to like do that, I think that'd also be very helpful. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you what. I don't think I don't think that um our student government can just reach into our community, right? Because we have such close connections to a national institution that has connections to schools all around the country, things that we do in our school will affect the way educators think about how they teach in their schools in Minnesota or uh, Tennessee or Rhode Island, right? I've, I've met with teachers from all around the country and even around the world, and I've talked with them, and they've gone back to wherever they teach, and I've gone back to wherever I, I uh, attend school with different ideas because we had that conversation. And a student government will absolutely help us connect with other schools and other administrators and all of that, not only in our community, but across the country. Yeah. I think that our student government might be able to like connect with other student governments of XQ schools and also just other schools in general too. I'm not saying it's like something we could just do right away. It's definitely going to be a process, but it's something we could figure out as well. And what's really interesting is um, the way our school is formatted. Our student government is not like any other student government. What was really cool and what I will definitely give the school credit for is that they had students uh, design the student government and um, so we have more of a local mayor and then a council instead of a president kind of system, which most schools have. So I'd be interested in seeing what the other XQ schools have, given that they were also awarded the $10 million for innovation. Um, I would absolutely love to see the kind of student governments they have. But then that kind of brings up a question of like compatibility. Like if we have a mayor and a council that helps that mayor make decisions and they have a president that just makes decisions, how are we going to work together being that we have a council and they just have one person in charge? Um, That'd be something that we have to figure out. But that'd be something that's, you know, would be fun and interesting to figure out as well. So our school, a word that our school uses a lot when we get in assignments and all this other stuff is the word collaborate. And I think that's like the main thing that we should be bringing into the council and the government is collaborating with each other for change, for the better. So like a a collaborative environment where, uh, you know, you're not talking to me as a representative. You're talking to me as a as a fellow student. And we can work together outside of the government. We can work together inside of the government yeah. because we're both students and we're willing to to collaborate on a project that we're both very excited about. Right. That's that's kind of the goal of that's kind of the goal of government in general. And you know, again, political here, but it really doesn't work on a national level because there's just so many people asking for so many different things. 
But since we have such a small group of people, especially since we're just one grade, right? We're around 60 kids, I think, 60, 70 kids. Yeah. Um, Collaboration is going to be something that not only we hope to see, but we probably will see a lot of in the future. I want to I want to talk about real quick um how intense this election is because uh very much this election is not like normal school elections. This election is not about uh better school lunches or anything. There's actual stuff at stake here and there's also a lot of really interesting turns that this uh election has taken. Um one of which and I don't mean to brag here, but I got endorsed by an actual politician and not only just an actual politician, the third largest political party in the United States is vice presidential nominee. And that's something that you just, you know, most school elections would not have. And again, I don't want to brag about this. It's just an interesting thing that uh, our election has gotten so intense that we are bringing actual politics into school politics. But kind of like what you said, I feel like we are definitely taking this more seriously than some of the students at our school. So by bringing like people like, his name is Spike Cohen, correct? Spike Cohen, yeah. So bringing people like him might actually like sway the students to like, hey, this is actually a big deal and we're super serious about this, so... And I think part of the reason why we're taking it seriously is that we just kind of has been in our school told that the way normal things work don't work. Right. So we're kind of we're taking this a lot more seriously because our brains have just kind of developed to doing things differently, Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of whether or not we believe the school may use that uh, technique properly. It's kind of been ingrained, especially in someone like me who's been here since sixth grade. I haven't gone to another school. I haven't come from a different school. This has been my school since middle school. Um, And so doing stuff like getting actual endorsements from actual politicians, making campaign pages, sending out emails, asking for help instead of just printing out a poster in Comic Sans uh kind of speaks to how intense we are as a school and as a community but also how innovative we can be as students um which i guess also highlights the need for a student input in decisions about student education yeah so i think another big thing going on in our country right now was recently our president donald trump was diagnosed with covid and he got sent to walter reed hospital which is a really big deal because I think a lot of the stuff he said, because he arguably handled this as this, this pandemic poorly. Some people disagree, but I think it kind of just came back and to bite him, you know, because he's, he's definitely, I think in my opinion, downplayed this pandemic too much. Um, I'm not going to speak on that. Uh, Per se, I don't really want to get too much into the way I think about our current administration or anything like that. I think that's just a way to open up controversy or hate. Um, I will say, however, the president getting coronavirus is incredibly ironic. 
Um, and that's that's something that I think most Americans, even supporters, will agree with that sentiment. Um, on the topic of coronavirus, uh, the way we have gone about creating this election is really interesting. Um, normally, our school elections would be online, right? But you know we'd have in-person events we'd have there was um there was that kind of go around each class saying a speech where i uh, messed up my first campaign a ton were you there yeah <laughs> you were you were there when i got really mad at gianna yeah um so we had those things those very fun speeches um and then we had other uh, events and stuff like that and we had the posters and everything this election is completely virtual because we're not like we don't have the budget to put together a huge debate stage with space for uh, cameras and press and everybody to be socially distanced so our entire campaign and likewise our entire school year right now has been completely online how has that affected the way you would go about trying to get elected we haven't the only meetings my team has been able to have is over discord and not even everyone has been able to join those so that has been kind of complicated to figure out but the 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 pandemic itself definitely had a major toll on this election because we're only able to promote through like you said virtually and not everyone's going to be able to get that so we'll definitely have to be creative with this as well, too. And we still have time to campaign. We still have time to think of ideas. But this election definitely, I think, made us more creative on what to do and how to figure things out. Well, absolutely. Uh, um, part part of – did you go to Mr. Donovan's class? Did you go to – what was it? Design, I think it was? Or yeah, something someone, like no, that? I was not in design. You weren't? Oh, well, part of it part, now is where that class kind of paid off because we did some graphic design work in there. Um, and so now when everything's virtual, you can't really prove your point with speeches. You got to create Instagram posts and emails that um, are eye catching. So something like having a background or at least somewhat of an education in graphic design will be incredibly helpful um luckily i have that i have i mean some of it must have rubbed off on you because we were so surrounded by uh photoshop and stuff like that it kind of crept into other classes too so i'm sure you i mean i've seen your logo and i like it i really do um you're very welcome micah um and and so i think that Speaking on the the topic of innovation, being a completely digital election means completely digital uh, solutions and graphic design uh, has been one of those. And it's been a great way to get out information and get out um, not only ideas, but also just updates on the campaign. So the reason that I think I figured out some of this virtual stuff is our school has done this type of stuff before, like not in just a design class, like all of my classes or most of my classes had had some type of design project where we needed to like design something. So I think that our school has helped me think of some of these things and 
how to get my resources to create my ad campaigns and logos and stuff. So design, our school is very much design based. In fact, it's probably, I think it's one of our core competencies, which is um, museum school cult speak for how you get grades. Um, you got to prove that you can not only design a concept, but manufacture that concept in whatever way. So maybe it's, you know, writing a rough draft of an essay and then writing the final draft. Maybe it's actually designing a piece of furniture and manufacturing it, or maybe it's designing a logo. And that's what we've been kind of doing on the campaign trail here. Um, so our classes in uh, requiring designs have kind of uh, subconsciously, I guess, um, prepared us for a campaign that has been completely online. Is there anything else you want to you want to say? Do you have a campaign page or a social media that people listening to this can find? So I don't have a specific page, but I have my Snapchat and Instagram where I've promoted my campaign on both. And then also to see some updates on this campaign, you can also follow the museum page. At GRPMHS. And they'll have, that's not just, updates on the campaign that's updates for the entire school right yeah but they'll i'm assuming they'll be updating the campaign and everything going on there too as well so thank you so much micah um if you want to follow i have an instagram for my campaign as well um so if you uh want to look for that uh i won't tell you where it is or anything you'll have to find it yourself um thank you again micah hopefully we can do another episode of this before the election scheduling has been kind of a nightmare um well this has been fun hopefully we'll do another episode sometime probably next week um and maybe we'll have guests on cutthroat american high school politics is an independent podcast produced by uh, me esteban clark brendel created by me and mike auric auric sorry Thank you, Micah, for being part of this. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Our theme music was composed by Nathaniel Wyvern. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we'll have another episode up next week. I'm Esteban Clark-Brendel, and this has been Cutthroat American High School Politics. Politics.